Welcome into the New Orleans Saints podcast, presented by SeatGeek. You'll hear from players, coaches, broadcasters, and writers that cover the NFL on a daily basis. The New Orleans Saints podcast starts right now. Here's your host, Aaron Summers. Welcome into the New Orleans Saints podcast. I'm Aaron Summers. The Saints got their first win in the Superdome this season, 39-32 over Seattle. They are now 2-3 and three on the season. Fox 8 reporter Sean Fazand will join me shortly to talk about that game. But before we go into that interview, let's hit on a few of the highlights from yesterday's game. Taysom Hill. I mean, honestly, that's really it. Hill was all over the place. He had 112 yards on nine carries, three rushing touchdowns, a 22-yard touchdown pass. That is his first and only pass of the season, a fumble recovery, and 69 return yards. Hill's the third player ever to record at least 100 rushing yards, three rushing touchdowns, a touchdown pass in a single game. And he joins Ronnie Brown and Pro Bowl Football Hall of Famer LaDainian Tomlinson. Hill now has 21 career rushing touchdowns, seven career touchdown receptions, and nine career touchdown passes. He joins Tomlinson as the only players since 2000 with at least 20 rushing touchdowns, five receiving five receiving touchdowns and five touchdown passes in their career. Defensively, Cam Jordan was dominant. One and a half sacks, two quarterback hurries, two tackles for a loss. He was constantly applying pressure on Seahawks quarterback, Geno Smith. The defense talked all week about the need to affect the ball and they did force a fumble, aiding in the turnover battle. Speaking of turnovers, the fumble recovery by Hill came on special teams as Seattle punter Michael Dixon botched the punt, rolled to his right and was tackled by defensive end Carl Granderson and running back Dwayne Washington, who knocked the ball loose. Hill covered it, and the Saints scored 45 seconds later on a two-play, 13-yard touchdown drive. The Saints have been looking for more plays like that, especially on special teams, forcing turnovers, flipping the field, and capitalizing when they do. Another big topic heading into this game was starting faster. Offensively, the Saints scored on their opening drive and had 17 points at the half. The 39 points overall was a vast improvement on their season average of 19 points a game. Let's bring in Sean Vazan now. Sean, thank you so much for joining me on the New Orleans Saints podcast. It's great to be talking after a Saints win. It's mm-hmm. been a couple of tough games for the Saints. They finally come out on top of this one. So how are you feeling this Monday morning? Uh, a little more relief because one and four would have been an absolute disaster. We'd be talking about a lot more serious topics right now had they uh, fallen to Seattle uh, yesterday. Yesterday's game or Sunday's game was not perfect, um, but I do think they were the better team and it was their best performance of the season to date. So two and three is not great, but it's a whole lot better than one and four. So um, you wake up feeling pretty good, pretty good weather outside. So not a bad, uh, I guess you call it black and gold Monday. Definitely. You said it was their best performance to date. I think they've had good moments. Are you saying Mm -hmm. it's their best performance from start to finish? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, They're most complete. Um, And and look, that a reasonable person on a great team would say that that's not a great performance, but if you look at the body of work thus far, um, it's not to say they can't get better, and I think they can, but I think from start to finish, you know, they started out a game, the, the, was it a field goal to open the game? Mm-hmm. Uh, they didn't fall behind that early hole. They were down, but they didn't fall so far behind that they abandoned all the game plan. They ran the ball effectively. They won third downs. Uh, they were even on the turnover battle, which is an upgrade. They weren't in the negative, mm-hmm. so they're at least mm-hmm. even. Um, and then I thought, um, you know, they had Superman. They had Taysom Hill yesterday, so um, – 
Yeah, most complete game of the season thus, thus far. Taysom Hill was Superman yesterday. It was early vote for MVP, even before halftime, just the way that he was being used, what he was able to do. And then he just continued to pile on so many different areas that he found success in. Is he really just a unicorn? Is he just this crazy football athlete that can do it all? Since he's been in the league, there have been teams that have tried to find their Taysom and they cannot do it. So Unicorn is probably the best way to describe him. There is no one like him in the NFL. There is no one of that body type uh, with that kind of speed and that kind of versatility and is able to impact the game in that many unique ways and take some hill. Um, credit Pete Carmichael. They added a few new wrinkles of what they do with him on the field. Uh, credit him for certain timing of the calls with him, but Taysom still got to execute it. Um, mm-hmm. And obviously the offensive line's got to execute and the receivers on the one pass, they have to execute it. But um, I felt like uh, it all came to fruition. We've seen these this, this unique talent for so many years, and we've seen these flashes of greatness from him, but it all came together. Uh, that was his finest hour uh, as, a, as a professional. Um, and back to your original point, he is a unicorn because we keep trying to find the next Taysom, but it's just very hard to. And I think he's he's one of one when it comes to that. How much do you think that the Saints caught the Seahawks just off guard by using Taysom in so many different ways? I don't know if they caught them off guard or if they were not prepared for the a few new things that they did uh, with Taysom. Uh, the, the, in particular, they, they added a couple more motions uh, with the, the back coming in and kind of doing that circle motion around. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had him kind of looking to his left and running. Uh, the last touchdown was a straight-up old-school power football. He just broke a tackle and broke it for 60 yards because no one was back there. Um, I don't know if perhaps they didn't think he was going to be used as much uh, as they as they used Taysom yesterday. But if they weren't prepared for Taysom, that's on Seattle. But I think what happened was Pete Carmichael did his homework, and he knew – uh, that defense was vulnerable to a guy like Taysom and with the way he plays. And they just kept riding that horse and he kind of kind of brought him a victory. You look at this game and it was funny, the post-game show, I was like talking about Taysom so much. I was like, oh, by the way, it was Andy Dalton who played quarterback though. Right, you know, right. he was the starter, second game that he starts for the Saints. What did you like about his performance and how he was able to settle in a little bit more here in his second start? Yeah, I think he stayed within himself. I think that's yeah. what I've seen with him these last two games. Andy always got in trouble in years past when he tried to get a little outside of himself. Um, I think the last two games, you probably got a pretty realistic picture of the type of player Andy Dalton is. He had a little bit better stats-wise and probably a little bit more accurate against Minnesota, but he operated the offense pretty efficiently uh, against um, uh, Seattle on Sunday. He's not without mistakes or fault. He had a, a fumble, obviously, last mm-hmm. week and got picked off. Uh, Sunday, but for the most part, he stays within himself, uh, makes quality decisions with the football. And there's a steadying, calming influence. We have a veteran like that. And I think it all goes back to trust. They trust him to operate the offense effectively when he's in there. And, you know, the last two games, I think the offense is, you know, ran pretty smooth. So um, it's it's a pretty much a win-win all the way around. He was able to get Alvin Kamara involved in both facets of the game. We saw Kamara really getting going on the ground to his first over 100-yard game in quite some time. But then he had 91 yards receiving as well. How much did that benefit what the Saints were able to do offensively? Oh, I mean, that, that's it. I mean, for this offense to be what it truly has always been, and I'm talking about historic numbers, back to the Breeze, Peyton days, they always had a dynamic back that could catch the ball out of the backfield from Reggie Bush 
to Darren Sproles. Had a little bit of a lull there, and then they drafted Alvin Kamara, and he was the next one uh, to pick up where uh, those guys left off. But this offense to work, you got to be able to be explosive while playing what I call small ball, throwing a screen and hits for 55 yards. Mm -hmm. um, you got to time it perfectly. You got to call it the right time, and you got to execute. So to have that weapon where you can drop a you know a two yard screen, and he turns for 55, and that's just that's just huge uh, for an offense, and it's demoralizing for an opposing defense. I've always said Alvin Kamara is their best player and their be clearly their best offensive player, but probably their best overall player on the roster. So to have him back healthy, dialed in, he was in a great mood this week leading up to the game. I'm sure you were in the locker room mm -hmm. as well leading up to the game. He was in a great mood, kind of felt like he was going to have a big game, had big games against this team in the past, uh, and I think he delivered for the team. It was good to see him finally get a game like that. I think it's been there. It's been waiting. It's always like we're waiting for him to break that big run. And that was a perfectly executed screen pass to him where he was able to really get some yards after the catch after that. You said you think he's the best overall, overround, best all around player overall on the Saints offense. Would you still say that after Taysom's performance yesterday? Uh Look, I'm a, I'm a huge Taysom fan. I'm a huge Taysom fan. Um, and he's up there. Um, but I just think over the, the course, of, they, they both got him at the same time, 2017. Over the course of uh, their uh, respective careers, um, I'm still going to give the nod uh, to old number 41. Um, but Taysom has games like that. Who knows? Maybe I'll change my opinion by the end of the season. We'll, we'll find out. How much do you think Taysom's going to get used like that going forward? They put him in a lot in the direct snap situation, and then he had his first pass, which was for a touchdown. They'll always be a part of the game plan. That's for sure. Um, the question is how do teams match him with their personnel, and if that matching of personnel meshes with what the play call is actually going to be, I think that has a lot to do with it. He's always going to be a part of the game plan. I mean, it's such a weapon to have. Uh, a short yardage runner like that that can break it for 60 like you saw, but also able to throw the ball out of that as well. Uh, he's going to always be a part uh, of what they do. I do think against Seattle, they had game plan for him to play a lot more than maybe he has in terms of just pure snaps of him getting the ball um, in weeks past. But uh, it'll probably sway week to week depending on matchups and depending on how a team wants to play it. You know, there are going to be certain teams that will say, we're not going to let Taysom Hill beat us in any way, shape, or form. So they're going to stack the line. And they're going to do everything they can to make sure uh, what he does, they're not able to win. And if that happens, you win in other ways, obviously. So I think it will evolve week to week based off matchups and defenses. Speaking of defense, we haven't talked about the Saints defense at all. Defensively, the Saints gave up some big chunk plays. But I think overall, they did a good job. They were definitely pressuring quarterback Geno Smith Cam Jordan was all over the place we saw Pete Werner with the forced fumble and mm -hmm. Animata with the recovery but they were definitely trying to affect the ball which is something they talked about all week they were trying to apply more pressure I think at times the injuries to the secondary got them with those big plays but just overall what was your assessment uh, I thought it was good they can always be better you don't mm -hmm. you never want to have uh, those or that many gashing big chunk explosive plays given up. There were quite a few, uh, both running and passing, uh, which was obviously um, it was tough, but they, they, they keyed on two areas. And I think this was the key. Um, they took the ball away, I guess, one on defense, one on special teams. So mm -hmm. they, they were all plus even with that. So they were able to get two back. Even they gave two, they gave two away on offense, but also they dominated third down. I mean, that first third down conversion that DK Metcalf where they scored was also their last. Huge in a game like that where the turnover margin is equal and 
all other things being somewhat equal, you win a third down battle, you win the game. And I thought that was probably their best attribute from uh, Sunday's game. But look, in saying that, some of the coverage busts, some of the issues, I think you I think you hit the nail on the head with Marcus May being out, PJ Williams going on IR. I think there was some issues with some personnel in the secondary, but still, you got to play it out and you got to make the you got to stop the big play because that game probably ended up being a little closer than it needed to be uh, towards the fourth quarter and at the end of the game. But nonetheless, they made enough plays um, to help their team win. Marshall Lattimore goes out towards the end of the game with an abdomen injury as well. So it seems like that area of the defense is kind of depleted right now, dealing with the injuries. You do get a Debo back. Looking at their next opponent with the Bengals, how big of a concern is that going forward? That's a concern. Um, it's a concern because the secondary was one of the, you know, uh, better units on the team and that they're getting banged up. I think Marcus May's injury is kind of set that unit back a little bit because it's, they're, they're struggling a little bit on the back end with some of the chemistry issues. So hopefully he can come back. And oh, he was, was he questionable leading up to this game? Mm-hmm. So maybe he's getting uh, a little bit better. And you look across what the Bengals have, well, obviously we all know who their quarterback is. We know who their receivers are. Even got, we saw the tight end last night uh, making plays as well. So yeah, that's definitely a, a, a group to monitor this week with how banged up they are because um, that's uh, that's not a, an easy offense they're going to be going up against and uh, certainly something to watch going forward. Are we going to go away from every game just wondering what else Pete Werner can do? <laughs> you know, um, he's something else because I, I thought he'd make a small jump from year one to year two. I, I like what I saw from him as a rookie because I always felt like he was in the right spot. And a lot of times with a rookie, you know, being in the right spot is, is where you need to start and you move to a moderate to a kind of a modest gain to no one place, but he is all over the place. I mean, all over the place. You see 20 in the backfield all the time. You see him uh, flying to the ball. It's like he sees the picture, he trusts his eyes and he goes and there is no hesitation, no thinking whatsoever. And it served him well. I think he's been their best defender mm-hmm. uh, through, the, through the first five games of the season. And if you think about it, you know, the Saints botched the end of the half situation. We saw that. You know, there was the fumble. Yeah. They gave a touchdown. And Seattle got the ball right back. Second play out of halftime in the third quarter. Or was it the first play? I'm not sure which exact play it was. But he punches the ball out. Saints recover. They end up scoring. Game-changing play mm-hmm. with momentum had been had been stolen by Seattle. He ripped it right back. So Pete Werner has really surpassed what I thought he would be in year two. So kudos to the Saints because, you know, this all season, all I heard, I did a bunch of radio shows. Why aren't they signing Quan Alexander? Why aren't they bringing back mm-hmm. Quan Alexander? Mm-hmm. My, my answer was always this. They invested a second-round pick on his kid, Pete Werner. He had a decent first year. They want to see what he can do. No one's asking about Quan Alexander anymore because Pete Werner has been uh, that good through five games this season. Has anybody told you you knew what you're talking about? Uh, me? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I try to. I, I don't know if, that, if I get that when I'm off air, but um, they, they, I guess sometimes do on the air a bit, but they're being nice. Yeah, I mean, you're right, though. There was a lot of talk about Quan Alexander during the offseason, and they knew what they had in Pete Werner. Even though he was hurt for the majority, I think all of training camp, we didn't even see him take any reps. And he comes in and doesn't seem like he missed a beat. Not only that, but he seems even faster, better. And he said mm-hmm. he spent a lot of that time watching the game and you can I guess that's what's translated to his better vision on the field and kind of understanding what's going on out there a little bit better we talked a little bit about the fact that there are some things that they have to clean up 
touched on a couple of the injuries there, but there were a lot of people who didn't play to start this game with mm-hmm. quarterback Jameis Winston and Jarvis Landry, Michael Thomas. Now with the wide receivers, I mean, you're down to the, the four, five, six, somebody you just signed this past week in Kirkwood. Just kind of ironic the way we started this season, thinking that that was going to be the strength of this mm-hmm. team. And now we're sitting here with that being the, the most injured area. It's tough. Um, you know, I thought Jarvis was going to go because it certainly sounded like, at least from DA's comments, Friday, that mm-hmm. they uh, mm-hmm. felt good about where he was. Um Michael Thomas, I think we knew he was not going to go. It was, he was pretty much out uh, all week. Hopefully he gets back. And those, man, those toe injuries are so tricky because it sounds like it would be so somewhat, you know, of a minor injury, but it's not. Right. It is, like, right. these, these toe injuries are, are painful, and it just it's it's hit or miss in terms of how long the recovery takes to get those guys back. Um, you know, you invested a lot in that group, and, you know, Chris Olave took that ugly hit off the dome turf yesterday, so hopefully he recovers, And but, you know, with that injury, you got to take as much time as you possibly need uh, to make sure he's recovered before he gets back on the field. You know, thank God for guys like Marquez Callaway. I mean, he mm-hmm. was your best receiver a year ago, and all of a sudden he's he's there and he's available, um, and he's making plays when he's getting the opportunity. But, uh, yeah, that is something to, to watch going forward because so much was invested in that group. And Olave has been fantastic. Mm-hmm. Michael Thomas has been fantastic when he's been healthy, but he hasn't been. Uh, and then Jarvis missed last week. Hopefully they can get on the field because I really think it could be one of the best wide receiver groups in the entire NFL when healthy, but this hasn't been the case for five games this season. Yeah, all three together by far I think would be the best uh, receiver group in the NFL. But even with just Alave, you're starting mm-hmm. to feel really good about what he's been able to do, what he's looked like, how he's kind of developed great chemistry with both Winston and Dalton. It seems that he's a heavy target for both of them. So hopefully he'll be back soon. I think it was a concussion for him. And then you have Deontay Hardy, which is why Taysom Hill was in on the return game a lot, doing even more. And um, it looks like Hardy's going to be out for a little while with another toe injury. Again, it just is kind of crazy that it's such a, a small little thing, but impact has such a big impact on, on the game. With the Bengals coming into town, I think this is a game a lot of people circled coming into the season because you know Joe Burrow and LSU coming back here to the Dome. And there's a, obviously a few LSU, former LSU players on the Saints now as well. It doesn't seem like it's going to be the matchup or have the anticipation that we all thought it might at this point. What do you ex- kind of expect from this game Sunday? Uh, interesting matchup because I, I didn't expect Cincinnati to be two and three at this point. I mean, I watched that game last night. It was a hell of a game, but man, I, and they're, I'm not sure what their coach was thinking on a couple of those plays. Um, and then obviously the saints, this is not what we all expected mm-hmm. two and three uh, at this point. I don't know. I, I thought last week's game or Sunday's game was a little more of a desperation type game for, for the saints. They needed to embrace. We got to win this game. Um, I, I don't know if you get that same level for this, but I'm expecting an exciting game for sure because neither team has played their their what they're capable of. I think mm-hmm. would be fair to say. Um, so there's and usually by this time of year, five games in, be their sixth game, that's when you really start figuring yourselves out a little bit. So it could be the start of something special for one of these teams, or it could be the start of maybe a decline for the one that loses. So it should be an exciting game. It's an interesting matchup going forward. A lot of familiar faces, mm-hmm. uh, former Saints players, former LSU players. So it should be fun. The Saints talked about last week before going into this week that there's a lot to clean up, but a win would definitely help. Well, they got the win, a few more things to clean up, but how do you think they can build off of this past game this week? 
Well, the one common denominator that I love these past two games is how effectively they've been able to run the football. Um, they've been able to run the football very well. I think this offensive line feeds off that. I think they're built for that. And I think when they're able to do that, uh, they they have shown, especially these last four or five years, that's their pathway to success. When they fall behind early, got to abandon it, get a little riskier. It's just not a formula for success right now. They're not built that way uh, right now. So their ability to run the football, I think, has been key. And they've got to avoid the early holes. I think they did that a good job of that yesterday. It wasn't perfect, but mm-hmm. at least they had a lead early in the first quarter. It didn't last very long, but nonetheless, it wasn't like you fell behind in a hole uh, too, too bad. So I think that is where really what I want to see carry over. I want to see uh, the running the football because they're built that way. Continue to rush the passer and stay lights out on third downs. I think you have a good shot at winning on Sunday. Definitely. Winning this past weekend makes a lot of a lot of things easier this week, I think, across the board. Yeah. It's mentally, it's better to be sitting here with a win for everybody from inside this building to the fan base, for sure. But, Sean, thank you so much for spending the time chatting about this past game, and we look forward to your coverage the rest of the season. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thanks to Sean for joining us. Head coach Dennis Allen and a few players will speak with the media today before a day off Tuesday. You can find that on our website, neworleansaints.com, along with complete coverage from Sunday's game. We're talking photos, highlights, interviews, game analysis, stories, and a lot more. As the week goes on, we'll dive more into the upcoming game against the Cincinnati Bengals on Sunday. That's a 12 o'clock kick. We'll be on CBS this weekend. Stay tuned for practice reports Wednesday through Friday. Thanks for listening and enjoy the win. Thanks for listening to the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek. Join us three times per week on NewOrleansSaints.com, the Saints mobile app, or you can download the podcast on iTunes. We'll see you next time right here on the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek.